When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, I'm Megan. And I'm Sierra. Welcome back to According To. For this week's episode, we are going to be doing an episode all about what it's like to be a pre-health student. We're also going to be talking about just the American United States college system. I would just say American, but I think some people get mad when people in the U.S. like just say American, so whatever you want to call it, U.S. American. Um, Just because I think we actually have a decent amount of international listeners and they get kind of confused with like all the different stuff because even when we were typing this out I was like wow there's kind of like a lot of like sub departments and it like is kind of confusing but we're just used to it. So we're going to cover you know what is a major, what's a track, what is the difference between those and like what does that mean for when you're applying to grad school, what is grad school, how is that different from undergrad and all that stuff as well as eventually getting into what each course sort of looked like for us as far as prereqs go and also talking about a few things that are required for the application process, specifically for physical therapy school. Also, keep in mind, this is very specific to our experience and, and our, our colleges, so it's not necessarily the same, and like also we're pre-physical therapy, so like it's also more specific to that, not to say this isn't helpful for other pre-health students or even like pre-professional students, but just like FYI, it's only like based off of what we've known and what we've researched, so yeah. We're going to get started with our weekly spotlights, so... I'll go ahead and start with mine. Um, If you follow us on Instagram at according to, which you should, by the way, um, we already did kind of give a shout out to Abby Sharp's recent video. She's a dietitian. I've actually never watched her before. Like, I didn't know she had a YouTube channel, but then Sierra found this video that she did where she commented on Kenzie Burke's food combining. I know she didn't invent food combining, but like her plan that she sells for food combining. And I just thought it was a very well done, well informed video. And if you're like into that kind of stuff and like, looking at other perspectives and like especially because like Abby the one that did the video is like an expert in that field I thought that her perspective was really interesting. Also going off of that I just want to make it very clear if you're not familiar with the field of like nutrition dietetics a nutritionist and a dietitian are very very different anyone can become a nutritionist I think it's like an online certification program you have to go to school to become a registered dietitian so I just want to like give like more credit to Abby and her information I feel like some people are like you know I don't know where she's getting her information from like she's a dietitian which is like she went to school for that yeah and even like with me and Sierra majoring in like a health related field like we've taken classes where even like the small knowledge that I have about like the digestive system and whatnot like what she was saying like was in line with exactly what we've been learning too so I just it felt like her information like she was commenting specifically on a video that Kenzie Burke made. She wasn't putting words into Kenzie's mouth. Um, so I feel like doing that rather than just like doing a separate food combining video, I thought it was like, no, she was listening to a video that Kenzie Burke made and then directly commented on her thoughts about it. I thought it was well done. Some people I know, I'm not really here to like say pick size. I just really do appreciate like looking at a professional's perspective on something and knowing that like they have like really valid information for something like that. And she like knows what she's talking about. So that's your weekly spotlight, just getting yeah, the science just a out there. Yeah, shout out to Abby Sharp and the video she made, 
and evidence is key. <laughs> so I originally didn't have a weekly spotlight coming to this episode, so mine's going to seem like kind of dumb. But I was just going to say, I've been going to Target a lot recently. They, oh, wait, 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 no, 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 I have a better one. I ordered stuff from the New Balance Athletica collection, um, the Quartz collection, and I also ordered some camo leggings from Lululemon. You did order. So, dumb spotlight, but I've been waiting to order camo le- the camo leggings for her- for forever. Wow, I'm just getting really jumbled up, guys. Um, but they've always been out of stock online, so happy about that. Also, if you watch our Megan and Sierra channel, we will be doing, like, a review on the Balance Athletica collection. They do, like, a lot of, like, they don't always restock stuff, so it won't be, like, helpful if you wanted to, like, order that again. But I think they actually might be restocking. I'm not sure. But, like, it will show you kind of, like, just the kind of quality of stuff that they have. And if you're interested in them, they have launches happening all the time. And even from just, like, the few things we've gotten from them, like, I really love what we've gotten so far. I think it's, like, very unique stuff good quality and like the people running i just like love that it's just like they started the company and like it has really a good message behind it so yeah watch out for that if you want to see a review on that other than that we're going to start this podcast off by talking about like the school system first and then we'll get more into um the pre-health stuff grad school stuff things you should look at advice that we have also like more specifically for classes we've taken and just what to expect for them We're going to do the whole thing. So real quickly, I just want to cover this because probably no one else in the world has ever had this issue except for me, but I didn't know the difference between undergrad and grad school. I always thought... Probably in like high school. Yeah, this was in high school that I didn't know this, so kind of late even. Um, But like, I was like, why is it called undergrad if you're like going to graduate and get your degree? Like, I was just like, that doesn't make any sense. And like, grad school is the one after that. So it doesn't really matter. It's just like you're below like getting your degree I don't know why it's actually I think it's only called undergrad because like I don't know grad school have to have like been named first or something because I don't know why it's called undergrad it just is but it's like the four years or so typically like that's how long people go to school for undergrad that you are in school before getting a bachelor's degree and then above that would be grad school and grad school can be pretty much anything so it's like if you're getting your master's your phd or going to like physical therapy school law school medical school that's like all considered grad school yeah and also like I said undergrad is typically four years but it doesn't have to be like some people go longer some people are like five years or four and a half years some people like it's even pretty common now to graduate in like three and a half years me and Sierra are graduating in three years and so I know we've gotten a lot of questions every time we've kind of like brought that up because people are like going back on our Instagram to like make sure we graduated high school in like 2017 and they're like wait yeah it's only been like it's only going to be three years but the only reason that we're able to do that is because we have or we finished high school with 30 or so college credits which is equivalent to like one year at least like at our university to like graduate so we kind of went in as like sophomores we are now like in our third year which is like we're at 90 something credits and so it's just like like, yeah we have enough credits now to like finish in three years so that's what we're doing and like it really is only based on like how many like, when you're done with your degree audit, like, you're done with undergrad. It doesn't have to follow any sort of, like, timeline. Mm-hmm. And your degree audit, if you don't know what that is, is just the thing, like, that you try to fill out all these classes that you're supposed to take based off of your major. And, again, we'll get into, like, what a major is and all of that if you don't know. But, basically, like, for us, our we're going to get a degree in human physiology. So, our degree audit tells us, okay, if you want that degree, here's these amount of classes that you have to take for chemistry, biology, XYZ, you have to fill out gen eds, all of that. 
that just tells you kind of everything. And then once you finish all those classes, you get the degree, and then there you go. Mm-hmm. It's like a little checklist. All right, so first, I guess I keep saying first. We're like already like into this podcast, but next let's talk about college versus university. All right, so in the United States, pretty much anyone that you talk to is going to just refer to university as college. Like no one here that I know of just like says, "Oh, like I have to like go get ready for university or like go dorm room shopping because I'm moving to university." Like no, no one, one says, says that. that. Like literally no one. It's just called college, even though I know technically most people are going to like actual universities. We just like literally don't call it that. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, that's confusing for, like, a lot of people in the UK because they're like, what is college? And it's well, Canada calls it university, too, I'm pretty sure. Or, okay, I guess. Probably most people. Everywhere the except the U.S. is probably just, like, what is college? And it's literally the same thing as what you would call university. And what's even more confusing is that each university usually has its own colleges or schools within their school. So, for example... At Iowa, which is a school that we which go is to, like, if you don't know. the University of Iowa, like, that's what yeah. it's called. So it's a university. It is. Um, but basically, like, there's, like, the business school, which is, like, the tippy college of business. Or, like, there's, like, the College of Liberal Arts and Sciences. That's what me and Sierra are in. So and there's the College of Nursing, College of Public Health. There's probably other ones. I just, College of Engineering. College of Education. I actually don't. That, yeah, that, that is. is. So there's just, like, a bunch of different ones. There's maybe more. I don't fully know. Um, but, yeah, it's, like, and also, there are some colleges that aren't universities like for an I like in Iowa for example there's Grinnell College and that's just a college but it's only a college of liberal arts and sciences so I it's like didn't know that you could only go there for stuff that would be in a liberal arts and sciences program whereas like the University of Iowa is a university that has colleges within it and that's also that's kind of where I didn't know that that is like broken up so most like big schools are going to be universities like University of Iowa, University of, like, yeah, just wherever. There's lots of universities. <laughs> Iowa State University, that's where Maggie goes. Um, so the colleges are just, like, within. And then also when we were typing this out and just kind of, like, putting out this podcast ep- podcast episode, I also realized, like, there are a lot of times departments within um, different colleges. So, for example, we said we were in the College of Liberal Arts and Sciences. That's probably, for sure, the biggest college. Like, yeah. it is so if you don't know what huge. that college is, it's pretty much, like, the miscellaneous yeah. college where, like, everything else gets put in. Anything arts-related, anything, like, math-related, anything science-related science um, gets into that. So, obviously, it's just a huge category that, like, you can't just have one thing. So, I know that our college specifically is broken down further. I'm guessing maybe some other colleges do, but, again, I don't know because I'm not a student in those colleges. But, like, we're specifically in the Department of Health and Human Physiology, so, like, that's what our major is in. And I'm guessing there's other departments I, like, just honestly don't know. Um, I also thought it was interesting because it's kind of like, if you're not in the United States, you might be like, so what does that exactly mean? Like, what does it matter if you're in this college or not? It doesn't really do anything. It mostly just determines where your classes are because the colleges are all in the same location. It typically is just going to kind of, like, there's maybe, like, one central building on campus that is going to maybe be where a lot of your classes are, especially at Iowa. Like, the business school is, like, one building pretty much. It's just, like the business building, I guess. That's the, yeah, that's just like where all the classes are. And so it's organized in that way. Um, Sierra and I's major is like still pretty spread out because I feel like that's kind of how it is with science classes. You just have like, there's a chemistry building here. There's like, our department is located in this well, building. Well, our department has have- a location, which is like the field house, which is like a great and weird location for our major. Um, so like all of the classes that are in like the health and human physiology class a lot of them are in the field house but then a lot of them them are also not so it's kind of that doesn't really help I think that happens like when universities expand too they just kind of have to like make 
classes work with like wherever and like lectures especially can really end up being anywhere on campus just wherever a lecture hall is, is available. available for that time because our physiology lecture Iowa City is like separated by a river and so like the campus is kind of big and it's a little inconvenient to like go across the river like when you have classes throughout the day but our like department building is like on one side of the river but our physiology class even though it was in that department it wasn't in that building it was like on the other side of the river so it's just like it kind of can end up wherever but ideally it would be just like here's like this building here like there is just like an engineering building there is just like a business building and a nursing building but ours is just like all over the place so that's kind of the difference between college university the departments that might be within them and like kind of the reason for there being departments and it just helps with like organization too Mm -hmm. and them being able to communicate with each other so we're going to start touching on majors specifically what should you major in what's our major and how did we kind of pick it so again we said this earlier but your major is what you are getting your degree in so when we graduate we will get our degree like a bachelor's of science in human physiology because our major is human physiology so. so if your major was like business you'd get your degree in business, and that's what that Well, there's, like, categories of those, so it's really... But, again, we're kind of just going off of our perspective because I don't know what business school is like, and I don't know what engineering school is like. So, Megan already said that our major human physiology falls in the College of Liberal Arts and Sciences, which doesn't, like, really mean much other than, like, that's the college it's in. Yeah, so let's talk about how we picked our major because a lot of people... Even if maybe you have an idea of, you know, you want to be pre-med or you want to be pre-PT, it's like you still have to, like, those aren't majors in itself. You can't just go into I think that confuses a lot of people because I've heard many people say, like, you're like a physical therapy major, right? And, like, that's not what we are. Like, you can't major in physical therapy. We'll get into that later in, like, tracks and stuff. But in order to apply to grad schools for that, you have to have a bachelor's degree. And there's no bachelor's degree that exists that is, like, oh, physical therapy. Like, that just doesn't make sense. There's no... And, like, I've even seen people, like, commenting, like, oh, please do, like, a day in the life of a PT student. And, like, we're not PT students yet. Like, we're in undergrad. We are pre-physical therapy. And then we have to go to grad school separately. Like, that is a completely different thing. But, obviously, we consider ourselves pre-physical therapy. And, like, there's the term, like, pre-physical therapy and pre-med in order to just, like, give reference to the fact that you are planning on going to school for that. Because usually, like, when you say you're majoring in human physiology, like, most people's next question is, like, okay, what are you going to do with that? So I think that's just what people say to, like, say, I'm not going to, like, use this human physiology degree necessarily. I'm going to, like, further my education to, like, become a physical therapist or, like, become a doctor. So I think we mostly picked our degree because um, once you're researching what you might want to do and how we decided we wanted to be pre-PT going into college, the next thing you might do is, like, look at... um, you know, classes that would make sense that you're going to have to take for grad school, but then fit well within a major. You can truly pick whatever major you want when applying to grad school, but it is more convenient to pick a major that's going to have a lot of the prereqs you need anyways. And so after doing a lot of research, we were like, okay, exercise would be a good, exercise science would be a good option. Um, kinesiology would be a good option. Um, and so initially I was like, okay, we'll do kinesiology, but actually fun fact, the University of Iowa doesn't have a like kinesiology major but human physiology is essentially the equivalent to that at Iowa so it was just like okay we'll do human physiology and then as we met more pre-PT students like that's a really common major for not only just Mm pre-PT students but like a lot of pre-health like pre-med pre-dentistry major in human physiology so it's a really common degree at I don't think I've met like one human physiology student who isn't like pre-something yeah which makes sense because like why would you major in this if you were just gonna like try and use this on its own so again like that's 
kind of made it easy for us to pick a degree, but you also can pick anything, and we'll get more into that later. But if you're not pre-health, it's going to be more challenging to Felt say, okay, what's... Or, like, not pre-health. I just mean, like, if you're trying to decide, like, a degree in general and you don't have, like, any idea of what you want to do, like, it's going to be harder to decide on a major, whereas, like, we had some direction just knowing mm-hmm. what our end goal was. And that's why we've said this in a podcast before, but I do think it's easier to find, like, a good route for you to take after you already kind of have an idea of, like, what job you want to do because I think that's what we did and it, like, helps you, like, you can learn more from, like, people that have taken that same path as you and, like, what did they maybe major in, what helped them out. I think that's easier to do than just picking a major blindly. And one thing I wanted to touch on before we move on to what a track is is just kind of, like, what's included in your degree audit and, like, what do you need to graduate. So, for our major and like pretty much every major is going to be like similar to this, at least for the College of Liberal Arts and Sciences. Again, I don't know like what the business school or anything is like, but you need a certain amount of hours within your department. So for us, that's the health and human physiology department. I think it's like about 18 hours of classes within that department. And then you also need to fill in like other basic science courses like chemistry, biology, that kind of stuff. Also, FYI, I don't know if all colleges or universities do this, but when we say hours, that might be like credits or whatever it may be called at your university our school it calls it semester hours yeah but it could be called credits like kind of just like the number associated with your course so a lot of classes might have like three credits or three semester hours we just refer to it as semester hours Mm -hmm. and then usually since you're in the college of liberal arts and sciences you have to take gen eds which are like the dumb courses everyone talks about where it's like this is not even related to what i'm studying and like yeah that's annoying like it really is annoying but at the same time i feel like in some I only know, based off my experience as, like, a liberal arts and colleges, or what did I just say, a liberal arts and sciences student, because her older sister was in the business school, and I think she went as an open major and therefore, like, did have some gen eds that she took, but then when she got into the business school, it was like, okay, this isn't even, like, she didn't have to finish them or anything, so I think it is just kind of, like, a thing that our specific college requires, and, like, it just kind of, like, makes you a well-rounded student, and, like, you like learn other things and so because those are the courses where it's like oh you need one arts class one history class one international relations relations class i don't know like what it's like at different universities but i would assume most gen eds are like pretty similar in terms of the class that they're in and then you just have to take those and they're not related to your major at all all you need after that is just to fill up the rest of your like 120 semester hours so those are usually called electives and those are just like act as filler yeah so that can be like fun classes you want to take really anything sierra took a self-defense class Mm -hmm. which she didn't get a grade for but like it still counts credit wise and then also for me and sierra i think a lot of those got filled by classes we took in high school Mm -hmm. so it makes it so we so that we had more semester hours and didn't have to like spend so much time focusing on elective classes which is really nice so i actually like don't have that much experience on elective classes because i do think most of that was covered Mm -hmm. i think that like we haven't really had to take any electives as far as like i can't really think of one they're usually like science classes that we had to take or it's part of like the health and human phys department or it's been a gen ed yeah i also think that's because we took a lot of math like credits in high school and so like a lot of my electives are actually i think filled with math credit but yeah just fyi so i think that's all we really have to like talk about what a major is how i picked our major we're now going to talk about um what a track is and we talked about that earlier but sierra can kind of take that away so the difference between a major and a track is that, like we said for the millionth time, your major is what you get your degree in. A track is something specifically to help you out when you're applying to grad school to make sure that you have the proper classes for applying to grad school. So 
For example, I think the best way to illustrate this is if you're, like, majoring in something that's not related to, like, what you're going to grad school for. So if I was a business major but I still wanted to go to physical therapy school, my degree audit for, like, my business major would say, like, oh, you need these business classes and, like, X, Y, Z. But it would not have anywhere on there that I need to take anatomy or physiology or anything like that. However, if I want to go to physical therapy school, I do need to take anatomy, physiology, chemistry, all of those. And so if I was on the pre-physical therapy track, I would have like a list of those classes that I would need to take so that I could apply. The difficulty with that is that there's not going to be a lot of overlap if you're doing such a different major with your intended like grad school. And so you're going to have to do a lot of like planning yourself to figure out when you can take those classes. It might even like take longer for you to graduate just because again, there's not a lot of overlap. Or if you're like me and Sierra and you like went in with a lot of credits, it could make it so that you can still graduate on time because then you're just like replacing that like your electives with the classes that you need to take yeah for grad so school. it could still work out and like a lot of people choose to do that for like maybe they have this dream of like they want to open up their own pt clinic for example and so like they want to have like maybe they want to major in entrepreneurship so they can like have that experience but then they still take the prereqs for grad school go to grad school and then they like have that knowledge or some people just like choose to major in what whatever they want because they're more interested in it it doesn't really matter or honestly some people would probably major in something they could see having a career and if they don't get into physical therapy school like I'm gonna be honest I can't do much with a human physiology degree like by itself like honestly I'd probably go be like 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 personal trainer or something yeah like there's not a whole lot you can do with it if you like want to do something specific to that major granted most jobs nowadays probably just like want you to have a degree and don't care what it's in so but I wouldn't have much business experience if I'm being honest exactly or like something else that people might do is like maybe they have already picked a major they've been doing that and they're like close to being done or like they're two years in and they've decided like they are doing that they have the classes to meet that but then they decide to kind of like make a change of plans they could still like pursue and finish that degree because you need a bachelor's degree to apply but then like take those classes in addition to like be able to apply to grad school anyways so like we said lucky for us since we're doing human physiology as our major our track and our major go pretty much hand in hand. One thing to remember is that the tracks that your school gives you are going to be specific to likely like one school, which is going to be your school. So for example, for Iowa, since Iowa has a physical therapy program, the and track- not all schools do. Yeah. The track is only like based off of Iowa's requirements. I will also say that we go to a school that is very health oriented like we have a hospital like that is owned by the university and it's a very like a lot of people are pre-med a lot of people are pre-pt nursing that kind of thing so i think it's definitely like we have a lot of resources available to us and like especially because we have a pt program at iowa it's like very closely related like the departments work together with the grad school they know exactly what is required for that program but for example like iowa state university you can major in kinesiology at iowa state but they don't have a PT program, which means that they're not going to have the same overlap to help you with like, oh, like for our program, you're going to need this stuff. Like you can do your research on your own. And again, it's not that much of a disadvantage. I just do think that, you know, having a program at Iowa is going to be like more helpful knowing like, oh, I have like a pre-PT audit that I can look at and I know exactly like what I need, like especially for that program, which is like one of the programs we're applying to anyways. Um, that actually doesn't give us an advantage like being an undergrad student at Iowa but it is still helpful and you have like resources available so yeah I'd say a lot of people also ask or wonder if schools give preference to the students that like went to undergrad at those schools and from our experience no schools have ever said outright that they give preference to students from those schools is it possible that they have some sort of bias 
Potentially. Especially if, like, you maybe know the faculty or, like, however, like, undergrad, maybe you just, like, happen to shadow. Like, you know, word gets around, like, you meet, like, meet new people, have relationships with other people. So it's not to say that, like, there would be no preference, but... But also it's worth noting that many schools give um, preference to in-state students, particularly because I'm guessing they want the students to, like, practice in that state. And so it's, like, more likely that you're going to stay in Iowa if you're from Iowa and they, like, want to... I'm guessing teach like they're Iowa trying to tease. Yeah, exactly. They're trying to say, oh, like we're in Iowa. We want to teach people PT in Iowa, and like obviously just stuff like that. Same with medical school. I'm assuming like this is just us guessing why there's preference, but we have like specifically seen stated on like the Iowa website for DPT school that like they have some preference for in-state students. That's not just something we're making up. Like it actually has said that. So there is some preference. Maybe not for every program, but. Uh, maybe check the websites out because if there is any preference, obviously you want to know that. And like, I think the last thing I want to cover as far as tracks go is make sure you know which schools that you want to apply to and check their prereqs because the track that you're on will probably cover most of what their prereqs are, but it might not cover everything. So for example, one thing for Megan and I is that medical terminology, it wasn't a prereq on I our think track. I- I think that what I had looked at at some point did say it was a required prereq for one of the schools we were applying to. I've later found out that it is not anymore. I don't know if it was in the past, but it's not anymore. But it still is a recommended course that it has listed for some schools. So even in that sense, it's helpful to look at not just the prereqs, but even a lot of programs have recommended recommended courses. Um, Like exercise physiology is not a required course for us, but it is recommended at a lot of schools. So we're taking that. Same with medical terminology. So just like if you're trying to look up classes to take up some elective credit or whatever it may be, it might as well be those classes. And so do research, honestly, as soon as you can, as early as you can. I think we even started like just figuring out like what does it mean to be a physical therapist and how do you go about doing that in high school when we first were interested. And so the reason you want to start doing that so early is because you want to be prepared, have a timeline, plan ahead know what classes you have to take, just all that stuff. And so, um, yeah, that's a huge tip. All right, so I want to be very specific sort of with this making a timeline thing. Your school definitely has a lot of resources. Usually you'll go talk with an advisor, maybe make some sort of timeline. I remember when we kind of were like, I don't know if this was orientation or just like shortly after meeting with an advisor, but they gave us a sort of like quote-unquote four-year plan of like here's the classes that you need to take if you're like pre-physical therapy. Um But I think that you should definitely make your own timeline, like, for yourself, like, on your own document. Like, we do ours on Google Drive. And, like, I think that it's just nice to have it in your own sort of setup. Yeah, I agree. So I think I honestly made my whole, I guess, three-year plan because we're graduating in three years. But I based it off of semesters. Not to say it hasn't changed. I have made some updates here and there. But I've, like, made sure I've had major classes laid out in the semesters that I planned on taking them. And I think I did that my first semester freshman year because, again, like, you really want to be planning ahead. And it's not like it's a super hard thing to do. You just want to make sure you're being organized and, like, knowing what you're planning on taking and when. I know that Megan and I thought it was very difficult to read our degree audits when we first looked at them. Granted, that's much easier to figure out what it means now, but we also just kind of took what was on our degree audits and put it on a Google Drive in more of, like, an easier-to-understand format. We also put the classes for the pre-physical therapy track on that degree or on the separate thing that we made so like mine kind of has here's my degree out of stuff here's my track information and then as I'm going through I can 
you know, everything that I have taken is green, everything that I am taking is yellow, or everything that I have planned to take is red, that kind of stuff. I will say it's been really cool, like, almost two years after I initially made this, like, plan. It's, like, after I had, like, each semester, like, sem- like sem- fall 2019 or whatever it was, like, starting my freshman year, and then I had, like, the classes I took underneath it. Fall 2017, yeah, like, in your freshman year. I was just throwing out a random thing because I kept saying semester, and so I was like, say something, like, that you actually mean, Megan. <laughs> Um, it's really cool, like, once you finish the semester, it's, like, I always put just, like, honestly, the green checkmark emoji, like, by that semester. It's been, like, really cool to see, like, how many, like, wow, I finished that semester, I finished that semester, and, like, Mm -hmm. I do the same thing with, like, summer classes. If I'm taking any, like, I took one after my freshman year, and then I took one this summer, and so, like, just, like, I make sure it's all planned out, and then, like, after each semester's done, I put a little checkmark by it. And I kind of, like, make sure that the rest of my schedule, like, I can't even tell you how many times I've gone and just, like, double-checked that my schedule is going to make sense. And, I, like, double-checked that it fits all of my degree requirements. Mm-hmm. And then I double-check and make sure it fits all of the grad schools I'm applying to because you definitely don't want to get that wrong. Yeah, especially if it changes. They don't change often or very, like, not much changes about them, but, like, they could. So Actually, you want to be prepared for that. I do think that right after, like, me and Sierra went to... The University of Iowa, they, like, just had updated their anatomy and physiology courses because I had something written down, like, when I first made it, but then, like, when I was kind of going and, like, double-checking stuff, I think they switched it from an anatomy and physiology combined class to, like, a separate anatomy and physiology class, and so that was just something to, like, be aware of and, like, adjust, and it was, like, Mm -hmm. weird at first, but obviously, like, it is what it is now. It's not a big deal. Another thing to keep in mind when you're planning your semesters is that some courses are not offered every semester, so you want to make sure Mm, that when you're making your timeline... But it like, is kind of big though. It could kind of like I just like don't want to make it when you graduate. I don't want to make it sound like every class is like only offered here and there. Mm-hmm. But like there are some classes where like you need to be aware of that. So some classes might only be offered in the spring, or some might only be offered in the fall. So you want to make sure that when you're making your future schedules, you have classes like where they're supposed to be. And it's gonna really suck if you have a class you had to take in the spring, but like you could have switched it with another class that you were taking yeah. and like been on track. So just keep that in mind. I think that usually you can, like, look at past semesters and see, like, when the class is usually offered. It doesn't change much. Yeah, I think they usually try to keep it consistent because otherwise it's going to cause problems later on. It actually, something like that happened with our older sister, Haley, where she was planning out, like, what she wanted to do to, like, finish in three and a half years. And this class that she, like, needed to graduate was always offered in the fall. Like, it had never changed. And it was a required class for her to graduate. And so she decided, okay, I'll take it in the fall. I'll graduate in December. Like, all will be great. And then it comes, like, time to sign up for classes. And, like, the class was no longer being offered in the fall. Long story short, her and many other people that were planning on graduating that needed that class, I think, ended up having to have, like, a class that went in place of that. So it was something that was able to be worked around. But in most cases, like, it's not going to be something. Like, big changes like that don't happen often. That was, like, where they ended up switching classes but if you don't look ahead ahead of time then like it's not going to be like their fault to mm-hmm. change the class and then also you want to make sure that you plan to to plan to take uh prerequisite courses before the courses that require them obviously that sounds like a given but for example we had a class that we took this summer it was like some physical activity and health class and that's actually a prereq for quite a few of the future classes that we have to take so if we didn't take it this summer then like we wouldn't be able to like graduate on time yeah so just little stuff like that where you need to make sure that not only are you just like organizing classes how you think you might want to take them if there's prereqs then you have to work around that as well again like the more you get used to looking at your degree audit and like that will come with time like it's going to be easier and easier for you to understand what it means and what classes you have left 
because I like can understand my degree audit completely now and it's just crazy to think how confused I was like going Mm -hmm. into my freshman year I was like I honestly just don't understand what this means there's all these numbers there's so many categories and it just like I promise you guys it'll get easier you'll figure out how it's read and if not you always have your advisor there to help you out but again like don't rely on your advisor like know that this is your responsibility it's your job to like plan ahead and like unfortunately even if your advisor like really is trying their best like if they make a mistake with you like that's kind of just like an oops on them and like there's not much they can do to fix that so like keep track of yourself and like what you need to do also um so we're talking a lot about prereqs and stuff Timing is everything, and so when we're getting ready to apply for grad school, a lot of times if you're not planning on taking a gap year, that means you're applying the summer before uh, you graduate. So me and Sierra are applying right now. We're planning on graduating next May, and so you have to make sure this isn't necessarily required, but a lot of and it's not the end all be all either. But a lot of like grad schools are going to want a certain amount of your prereqs done. They often don't say on the website. I haven't found anywhere we've applied to that's like looking specifically for like oh, have all of them done. I don't, like, you can't really have all of them done. Like, that'd be almost impossible. But I've been told, like, going to, like, pre-PT meetings and stuff by someone at, like, the University of Iowa, like, PT board or something that, like, 75 to 80% of the prereqs being done is kind of, like, what you want to, like, aim for. Because, obviously, they want to see how you're performing in those classes. They want to see if you do well. So if you have a bunch of them still left to go, then it's, like, they're going to have a harder time saying, like, like, knowing that you're a good student and knowing that you can handle those courses. And so if you're a pre-health student, you might want to consider really focusing on the prereq courses first and then like shoving off some of your like gen ed classes later. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people front load with gen eds, especially if they don't know what they want to major in or like what they want to do, which is fine, you know, if you're just doing that. But again, especially since we're graduating early, like we couldn't front load with gen eds. We have to kind of scatter them out and take our like I'm finishing my last gen ed, my very last semester, just because like it's more important to me to have gotten more classes in that like I think I only have three classes left that are part of the prereqs where I do think I have like 75 to 80 percent of them done and I've shown that I've like can do well in those classes they want to be able to see that and that's another thing really really work super hard in your prereq classes not only are they science classes so like you should try and be proficient in them anyways because you're going into a science field but like that is mostly what they're looking at yeah they look at your GPA and like how you did in all your courses but like they really look at your science like the courses. Like, classes for a reason because they think those classes are going to be representative of how you'll be able to perform in grad school. So you want to take them seriously. I think, if I'm not mistaken, I guess technically second semester freshman year, we were taking three prereqs at one time, at least, like, you were taking psychology. Actually, no, you were took psychology first semester. Yeah. Like, my second semester of freshman year, I took psychology, chemistry, and biology, so it was, like, technically three prereqs at one time but again psychology is probably the easiest prereq so it's not going to be a big deal if you like load on with that one too and I think I guess we'll kind of get into like a little story time and whatnot but so Sierra and I started our freshman year with just one science class it was chemistry it was our only lab class also also we were freaking out about our chemistry class because um, most colleges have a general chemistry course and then a harder but like still entry-level yeah. chemistry course, so ours is called like Principles of Chemistry. I don't know if there's, like, other names at other schools, um, but, like, I just barely tested into that. I didn't take AB Chemistry in high school. I hadn't taken chemistry since, like, junior year of high school, so I was like, should I take this class? I don't know, but we both decided to do it, so. And we have no regrets. It was the best decision we made because otherwise, honestly, like, there's no way we'd be able to graduate early, I don't think, because then 
yeah, I just don't think it would have happened. Maybe, I guess technically maybe, but I'm just glad that we ended up taking that class that we did, when we did, all of that. So, let's talk about labs and science courses and all of that fun stuff. So, if you are a pre-health major, this might be different at other schools, I'm not sure, but you're probably going to have to take a lab with pretty much Get every ready course for all take. the labs. Not all of them, because we have a couple courses that we don't have to take labs with, but like, most of your entry level, like chemistry, bio courses, like you have to take labs with them. Physics takes, like your physics usually requires a lab. Our so. anatomy class requires a lab. Our physiology class required a lab, and I believe that was it. But like that's a lot of labs. If you aren't also, in college, I think it usually like looks better. I don't think every grad school like requires a lab, but like some of them do. So you just need to do it for that reason, or it just looks better too. I wouldn't be surprised though if like more and more in the future, like I'm sure it's just. It's not going to be taken away. I'm sure, Mm -hmm. if anything, it's just going to be required. And honestly, like, that's how most classes are set up at our school. So, like, you're taking the class with the lab. Um, So, our freshman year, we started with chemistry. That was our one, like, that was our big class. Like, kind of, like, if there's any class we were worried about going into college, it was, like, that was our major class. That was a prereq. And it was, like, a very overwhelming situation just, like, going from high school and, like, starting college. You're, like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. Um. We actually ended up really liking chemistry. The labs, I'm not going to lie. Like, it's just, we had no idea what to, like, even think of when we yeah, were Yeah, because we lab. hadn't taken really any labs in high school. I know if you take, like, AP chemistry or something, you usually, like, do a lab. We didn't really have any of that. It was, like, those, like, dumb baby labs that, like, aren't yeah. really labs. Like, we truly had no idea what to expect. And even, like, every time I start a new science class, yeah, and I'm back to the point of, like, not knowing what to expect. So I think we're going to do our best to, like, just share our experiences with them. But for chemistry lab, we, that was our only lab at the time. Most labs, at least at our university, are going to be once a week for, like, three hours usually. If you finish, sometimes you can leave sooner. Like, it really is dependent on the course, and we'll talk about that once we get into, like, specific courses. But our first chemistry lab was honestly, like, not, not, my, lie, not my favorite experience. I was experience. stressed first semester. Like, I think I was stressed every time I went to chem lab, it which really is not was. good. It was a stressful event. Actually, we only had chem labs every other week, so at least you only had, like, six of them. Oh, yeah. Total, but it was nerve-wracking, not gonna lie, but... And I think it was more of an us thing, because it was our first lab, and, like, also, I didn't have a great TA, so I just got stressed that, like, my TA wouldn't be able to, like, help me out. But as the layout for our chem lab, and so maybe this will help you out if you're just not sure what to expect, but you had one lab that you learned about the week before, and, like, they kind of walked through how you would do it and the plan. So that was called case study, where it's, like, this professor tells you what the lab is about, how you're going to go through it, and, like, what the goal is. And luckily, case study, if you had that, like, if it was a case study week, that's only, like, an hour and 20 minutes, and Mm -hmm. then, so you got done early, technically, and then the next week, it would be, like, the three-hour lab, or until you were done, but three hours was, like, the maximum time, and so... Um, what you had to do was, like, after you left case study, there'd be, like, a pre-lab. Usually those weren't, like, they weren't ridiculously hard, but, like, for chemistry, they were honestly, like, probably, like, the most work for pre-labs we've had to do, I would say. Yeah. Um, honestly, chemistry one for us was harder than chem two. We'll talk about that, but... As far as labs go. So you do that on your own, and then you show up to lab the next week. You hand it in, like, right at the beginning because, like, that's supposed to be done before class starts, and then you, like, during the lab, you have things that you're supposed to be doing or calculating or down, whatever maybe writing the equation so, down you know so. and then by the end of the class you have to turn to turn in your lab report and so you have to have like you know this it's not typed by the way at lab report I feel like kind of when I first thought of it like it seems like it's supposed to be typed and whatnot it was just like done on like a specific sheet of paper by hand and all that 
but it is like it has to be 100% done like turned in otherwise like there's no other option like you have to turn it in before you leave and then that's what you're graded on for lab so on one hand it was really stressful to like only have that time period to make sure you're doing the lab and you might mess up and you might have to redo stuff yeah that's stuff when it gets really stressful done. is when you mess up and then you're like oh crap I have to redo this part of the lab and like I'm gonna run out of time I will say TAs genuinely are pretty helpful like they are going to help you if you need help like, like I've never had you any TA lab. say like no figure out yourself yeah so they will help you but like time is still of the essence and it's kind of hard to like handle that but then I will say once you finish that lab like all you had to do was read the case study for the next week and then you're done like you don't have like that much outside of work for chem lab which was nice whereas for other labs you sometimes did so chem one was like a wake-up call it was like wow this is kind of a lot of work we were stressed a lot during like those labs but then when you get to chem two and I feel like just getting the swing of like how college works and like how labs work it was just like it was so much better mm-hmm. and I, can't I think fully... I also had a better TA who was like actually helpful but like it was infinitely better like it was semester. the same setup but I feel like the labs made more sense and like you could be more prepared for them like it was just a way better setup so if you hate one lab like that doesn't mean you're going to like hate the next one it's also stressful if it's your first lab you don't know any of the equipment and like how it works and stuff so like you have to Mm -hmm. be like Like your ta your ta might be like well where is this thing and you're like i don't even know what that is yeah um we also i think when you're starting labs and stuff like we didn't have a good experience our first semester with labs like we ended up doing fine but i say not great experience in terms of like we were stressed with them like they were just like really nerve-wracking literally like sweating every week (laughs) that's like how stressed i was i'd be sitting outside just like sweating and so we had only taken one lab our first semester but then we go and are getting ready to sign up for our second semester and it's like you're it's typical to like double up on labs like you've got a lot of science classes and a lot of labs you have to take like you're gonna have to double up so even though we weren't initially planning on doing that when we found out that that was what most people did like they did chem and they did biology at the same time we were kind of like all right okay I guess let's do it and again like we said chem that semester was infinitely better like lab wise it was like way less stressful so that was much appreciated and then at biology lab again like starting a new science class I was like again just at a point of like I have no idea what to expect like I was so confused like what's the lab like and biology was set up very differently yeah that's what I was gonna say is that like you would think having one like lab under your belt you're more prepared for the next one but like labs truly are very different depending on the class and so you just have to like go into each one like you know ready to change um so our first bio class we again had two classes but only one our fall like our spring semester of our freshman year and so that lab was set up where one week you had a wet lab it was called and then one week you had a dry lab dry lab was kind of similar to case study except that it was still the full three hours tell me why i don't know um so it was three labs or three hours every single week whereas again we didn't have that for chemistry but there was only like six actual like do stuff in the lab um, but what was, like, less stressful about that, in my opinion, was that, like, you went to a certain number of labs that was kind of, like, within one unit, and then at the end of that, outside of class, you did a lab report. So when it came lab report time, that was, like, that more was stressful, stressful. More stressful than, like, chemistry really probably ever was, but again, you only had, like, two lab reports the whole semester. Also, not gonna lie, like, biology reports were graded way more harshly yeah. than the chemistry lab reports. So it really just kind of depends on the department. Again, both those classes were curved, so just, like, keep that in mind. But I don't know. It's just, like, again, super different. We also had quizzes in bio labs that were, like, honestly sometimes kind of hard. So really very different, and you just have to, like, go into each lab, like, just hope for the best, and, like, it is going to honestly be, set, like, set up however it is. That being said, those classes are generally curved. Like, I'm pretty sure most colleges yeah. 
curve their introductory introductory chemistry and biology courses. And Megan and I rode that fact all the way to the end of the semester. Like, we would never really, like, other than chemistry, because we were, like, we're pretty good at chemistry, we were kind of, like, trying, you know, our best in that. I mean, we were trying our best in both. But, like, biology, I'd always be like, okay, but how do I compare, you know, to the rest of the class? Like, you have to make sure. And the reason they do that, the reason these classes are so hard and, like, it's just you're more likely to get a C and like they have the curve for a reason it's because they want to see who is going to try the hardest and those are the going to be the people that end up at the top of the curve because like they want to see who's going to try their hardest who is like it's a weed out course and so that just means that they're trying to get the students who aren't super committed like out of that major to make sure it's only like the best ones left honestly and so I would say, like, I love curved classes for that reason. Like, every time I figure out a class is curved, and so like, like, okay. we're losing them. And I also wanted to add something that Iowa has that I absolutely love is that, sorry yes, about sir. that, some curved classes have something that's called elements of success where it shows your percentage ranking compared to the rest of the class. So, like, for biology, it'd be like, oh, you're, you know, in the 95th percentile, like, of the biology course. Which just, like, tells you you're literally at the point of, like, getting an A because it would be, like, top... 15% usually would be, like, the A range, and then... Even know. though, like, if I looked at my grade, I might have, like, you know, an 87 or something, you know? Yeah, but she would still be getting it. So when I have that information available, it's, like, really helpful to students in the curved classes to know, like, where they actually stand grade-wise. Um, and then our second biology lab was, like, same setup, but... Se- I feel like it I is, like, like better. The, second, the second course you take in an introductory level, like, setup is going to be better. You just get more used to it. Usually it's more chill. Like, I don't know why, but in, like, both cases, that's been the scenario or whatever. Yeah, so I feel like that's true. If you're a little stressed in one, but then you make it to the next one, just go in with, like, better hopes and, like, better expectations. I also want to add that don't be more stressed for the second course really in an don't. introductory series because it truly is just, like, the next part of the course. Like, consider it, like, a two-part course. It's not any more difficult it's just new information that's actually like a really good way to put it like our biology course used the exact same textbook it was just like the first text the first part of the textbook was in one class second part was in the other class physics same thing first part that we just did was the first half of the book and then when we go this fall we're taking the second half of the book it's same level of difficulty i would say just like you're covering all of the information like there's no way you could cover it all in one semester so therefore you have to take two courses so just really don't stress too much about going on to the next one if you didn't do well then obviously like that's when you need to like make the decision on like do you consider on with this do you retake the other class do you switch majors like that kind of thing but hopefully like with some hard work and determination like and there are people that like I know people that have retaken courses for getting a better grade and I'm not fully sure how that works but that is always an option all right, so now we're going to talk about anatomy and physiology because I feel like those two, if they're not grouped together, they pretty much are hand in hand in the sense that anatomy is usually like the first course and then physiology is the second course. Otherwise, I know a lot of schools do combined A and P classes, like yeah. one and two. So anatomy was Megan and I's favorite class. Loved it. I really liked our professor for that class. It was also a smaller class and not a giant lecture class. And so I did like the setup of that. Also, this was by far the easiest lab I've had in all of college. Literally loved it. Again, I don't know what well, other... physics was kind of... We'll get to that, but... And I don't know what it is like for all universities. I'm just saying that for us, except for three exam 
like labs like we had three lab exams but other than that like throughout the whole semester you weren't graded on anything you're just going to the lab and memorizing different bone structures or different muscle like muscle brain heart we did like a bunch of different stuff like that and so it was by far the easiest we didn't have like we had two TAs and they were like really young and really chill and just like helpful and so I really appreciated that because again I'm going into a new science class and I had no idea what the lab was going to be like that's just how it is and so I'm sure you could ask around and like but I just, like, didn't really know anyone else that was older than me and, like, in that major that I could ask. So experiencing it firsthand, I was just, like, I'm so happy that that's all it was. Mm -hmm. It was, like, stressful come exam time because, you know, it's a lot to memorize, like, whatever uni you're on. Like, for the bones, guys, I had no idea how many different parts to bones there were before this class. I was just, like, oh, yeah, I, like, no, there's, like, 206 bones, you know. But it was, like, there's parts of bones. So it was a lot, but I actually really did enjoy it and, like, and, like, I can kind of, of, like, get in the flow of, like, if it's memorization time, like, let's We can go. really get into that, yeah. So, loved anatomy. I loved the lecture portion. I loved the lab portion. Like, I just thought and it was like, set up really well. Exams were so fair. Like, yeah. Like, it was, like, he would use, like, literally the same words. It was just perfect. <laughs> yeah. And it was all multiple choice stuff, except for, like, the lab exams. That was, like, memorization and, like, knowing how to spell to the best of your ability. Yeah, they didn't grade on spelling, though. It was just, like, can you tell what yeah. they're trying to say? So... I really liked anatomy. I liked the subject matter that we cover. I feel like it's pretty, like, you know what anatomy covers. Like, it's the human body and, like, different structures and whatnot. Um, so the next class that we took was physiology. We just took that last semester. And overall, I liked the course. I liked the material that we learned. But it was set up more differently than anatomy than I was expecting. And it was harder. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say I had a love-hate relationship with physiology until the end. And the reason for that was, like, simply because I didn't do as well as I would have hoped on the second exam as... Or as well as I would have hoped on the second exam. That's it. Um, but then I did, like, very well on, like, the last... Like, every other exam I did well on. So it's just kind of, like, I was stressed that I wouldn't get an A. So it was, like, more of a me thing than the class itself. And also, like we were saying with, you know, physics being just two courses continued together. And, like, biology, same thing. Chemistry, same thing. Anatomy and physiology, you kind of would think would be like that. But honestly, they're not. Like, they're set up different. They were taught by different people for us. And, like, the labs themselves were completely different. Mm -hmm. I think that human physiology, where, like, anatomy tends to skip over the biology, like, you kind of come back to that and, mm -hmm. like, have to think back to, what did I learn in in biology? Yeah, so I liked physiology, but again, it's harder because it's not just memorization anymore. It's, like, you have to learn the concepts. It's so many processes. You have to make sure that you're not just memorizing things at this point, but, like, going back and making sure you're understanding why is this happening, and that's what's going to make it easier to actually learn the material there was one time where we were in like the cardiovascular unit and like you know it's one thing to like look at slides on a powerpoint and memorize stuff because me and Sierra have said we've done that with memorization related classes like we kind of work in that way but with physiology you know you can't just look at that slide and memorize everything you have to know especially what it's talking about usually only presented one way you have to know like how it is in every scenario sorry that was my computer so um like she's saying it's not just memorize this stuff on the slide. They use that exact same example on the exam. It's you have to actually know what it's talking about because it's going to be presented in a new way on the exam, and you have to know how, how to work, work through the problem. So there was one time we were at the library. We were studying like the heart and like how the heart beat, and there's like two different types of cells in the heart, and blah blah blah. We were trying to figure out the different like ion channels in the heart and how that worked and the timing of it all. I'm like, boy, was it a time and to figure that out? It was a lot to look at on the PowerPoint, but like after watching videos of it and like looking more into it, it was like we had this breakthrough where we were like, 
wait, I get it. Mm-hmm. And you really have to work through until you hit that breakthrough. I cannot stress, like, using videos as resources mm-hmm. enough because you're literally trying to figure out how something works. And, like, videos do a great, like, demonstration of, like, this happens and this happens and that happens. And so once we actually knew, like, what was actually going on, it made the things, like, the information that was on the PowerPoint so much easier to just know because I was, like, thinking of the video in my head and then I could just, like, say what went along with that. that's another thing. You don't want to, like, specifically, like, relate it to when we're learning stuff about the heart. There's, like, stroke volume, cardiac output, blah, blah, blah. You don't want to say, like, this happens and that happens and that happens and, like, have that memorized. You want to say, okay, like, logically, if... I have, like, a large stroke volume that's going to increase the pressure, you know, of my baroreceptor. But then you also which, have to go know. back and say, like, what if that decreases? Or, like, there's different. It's not just, like, things change. And, like, that's, I feel like, mostly what you learn in physiology is that, like, you have to know different outcomes with different variables that are, like, being considered. So that seems like a lot right now. And if you're yeah. not studying physiology, then you're probably, like, what the heck are you guys talking about? But, again, this is very specific to our experience and what we're studying. So... I liked physiology overall. The labs were harder, I did not I will like say. The labs. I didn't love you how the lab why? was set up. The reason I didn't like the labs is because the software that they use, it's like, what is it called? iWorks. I- iWorks. It's supposed to, like, measure physiological processes, so, like, uh, electrical pulses, like, through your skin, but, like, it's blood just pressure, not very not pressure, accurate. But, like, breathing, Which made it so that. hard to, like, get good measurements to use, like, for your... And honestly, like, the grading for the, the grading class was, was like hard. just harsh. Like you, everything was graded out of five points, and so it was really easy for them to just be like, "Oh, like four out of five. because you just like wasn't yeah. quite there. But then it's like that's eighty percent of you're giving me eighty percent on every single thing. So, yeah, I did not like that. But you know, we got through it, and it really was kind of like everyone was struggling with how lab was being. And graded, that class so. wasn't curved, so that's also like why that was annoying. All right, next, this is the final, like, prereq class, at least, like, that we have. Which we probably could have talked about first, but whatever. So, psychology, we've only taken one psychology course each. We do have one more that we're taking in the fall. Um, A lot of PT schools require at least one, I think, usually two. Mm -hmm. Um, Psychology courses, we both really liked the one course that we've taken so far. Um, I think it's either you love it or you hate it because it is a very memorization-heavy class. Mm -hmm. Megan and I even took it with different professors and, like, you literally, I remember, because this was, like, my first semester when I took psychology, and, like, it was a couple weeks into the class, like, before the first exam, and I was, like, how am I supposed to go about, like, studying this? Like, this is just so much information. I, like, literally had to sit down and be, like, Sierra, you're either going to know it or you don't, so you better just start knowing it. <laughs> and, like, that <laughs> was really, like, a mental shift for me because I was, like, okay, let's just freaking learn it. So I, like, made a bunch of quizlets and, like, just memorized literally everything. A lot of it is just knowing, like, people, people. and, like, what they came up with or different so, experiments yeah. knowing how like what was it, what were they studying what did they find you know stuff like that i feel like is so, what you need to worry sorry about. but you just gotta memorize i kind of thrive in like memorize ba- memorization based classes though so like i didn't really mind it but at the same time like that's not how everyone works but you're going to have to find something that works in those memorization based classes whether that's studying with other people or you know you just gotta know it so and that was mostly just, like, exams. Like, there was discussion sections, but it was really easy in discussion, so. All right. Well, that kind of covers, like, a lot of our major classes that we've taken and how we feel like they were laid out and what we thought of them. Hopefully that is helpful to you guys. We are quickly going to just cover some other things that we've had to do if you're pre-PT or just, like, related to pre-health, but obviously like, this is more specifically for pre-PT. So we're going to talk about the GRE and observation hours. We're going to, like, quickly skim yeah. through the GRE and all this stuff. So the GRE, if you don't know, it's the Graduate 
record examination? Is that what yes. it is? Yes. Why are you so unsure? Because <laughs> I was like, I don't know. Um, but basically, every pretty much every grad school, I think, Not requires it. You might have to take like the LSAT or the MCAT for like medical school or honestly i think there are not all maybe i'm wrong i think there are like a few pt programs that don't even require the gre but like i think that's very far and few um most pt schools if they do require will say like okay of the class that we accepted last year this was the average score for the quantitative aka the math section and then this was like the verbal section aka like the english section honestly i would say to aim for just like meeting or exceeding the average in like the highest school that you're applying to because you don't need to like amaze them with you know your GRE score I do think what I've heard just like around the block is that a 300 total is like a good thing to aim for but obviously like if you have the information on specific schools you're applying to like go based off of that to Mm -hmm. determine the likelihood or like if the average of their class was like a 310 probably aim for a 310 or higher if you want to be like competitive as far as analytical they do usually have that information available as well but i'm not gonna lie i don't think they are going to be as critical on that versus your quantitative and verbal section but obviously like i'm still in the process of applying myself i just like find it harder to find information on like the written grad schools websites so that just like indicates to me that they don't care as much about it um as far as when you should take it megan and i you already know if you have been following us for a while our original plan was to take it in the winter of our, this was our sophomore year, but like our sec, or our third year, or sorry. I recommend taking it winter of your junior year, and since we're graduating a year early, that would have been like winter of our sophomore year, second year. So I feel like that's just the best time to take it because it gives you plenty of time to retake it if you need to. Otherwise, you know, you're just sitting pretty if you get a score that you like. Obviously, we ended up pushing that off, but luckily we scored well enough the first time we took it, which was the beginning of the summer, to be happy with that, and we're not retaking it. So I also think it just really depends on the person as far as how much studying you have to put in and, like, how much times you're going to have to take it, how many times you're going to have to take it. Because for us, we took a practice exam, and, like, that practice exam supposedly, like, would have been, like, fine if that would have been an actual score. Like, compared to what we were learning from the grad schools we were applying to. But if you're someone that, like, struggles with standardized tests, then maybe you're going to have to put more time and effort into studying. Because I've heard of people for studying it. for, like, months for it. And, like, I just don't think it's worth studying for months, like, at a time. We studied for a week. And, honestly, even that week was, like, pretty chillax. sporadic. So it's really up to you and, like, what works for you. You could try, it to, like, having kind of, like, a practice round. But just keep in mind, like, it's expensive to take the test. Mm-hmm. So... You know, I don't know. Do with that information what you will. Yeah, I would try and take it, like, no more than two times, probably. And then, finally, observation hours. Just kind of want to touch on this because I feel like sometimes people are not sure. Like, how do you reach out to people? Stuff like that. I think that taking our class in high school really helped us out because, like, it got us comfortable with emailing people in in order to job shadow. And, like, that's really all you have to do is, like, find an email of a location that you want to shadow at. And, like, if you can't find a specific section for, you know, student observation hours, usually you can find, like, some sort of, like, coordinator or something. Like, email someone, and they'll put you in contact with who you need to get in touch with. Some people prefer calling, but I personally would rather do email just so that I'm not, like, bugging them at a specific time. Or also, like, a receptionist is probably more likely going to be, like, the person answering the phone. So I would just rather, like, try and find the email of a PT or, like, Sarah was saying, like, they'll put you in contact with the appropriate person. It's just going to be easier to do 
that. And also, like, without patient, like, sure, you could probably walk in or you could call and, like, it'd be pretty easy to set something up. But we've done a lot of outpatient shadowing, and so now we're at the point where it's, like, you have to kind of, like, jump through all these hoops and it gets harder to, like, set up observation mm-hmm. hours in, like, inpatient settings and whatnot. But, again, email has never failed me, and a lot and of also, really are, like, wanting to help. In my opinion, it's better to do it through email because you have, like, this is what we talked about already, and, like, they, like, you just have everything written down and, like, kept track of, whereas I feel like over the phone... You know, things can get misinterpreted. Or and like it's, they less, might it's less intimidating. Yeah. So that's huge for me, too. Not that you should be intimidated. I'm just saying, like, it is kind of, like, a lot to just, like, say, okay, I'm going to call and just, like, ask when you, like, don't fully know, like, what days work for you or, like, what works for them. It's just kind of, like, a lot to do over a phone call, I feel like. Also, keep track of all your observation hours. Megan and I have a Google Excel sheet. So keep track of when you shadowed, how many hours you have, which PT you shadowed, the location... And you can do this, like, Megan and I, I think, just recently started, like, printing out papers, like, for PTCAST, which is, like, the online centralized application system. So you can bring that in to have, like, a PT sign off on your hours. Well, Otherwise, obviously, we didn't know that yeah. forever ago in high school, and so we've just been keeping track of contact information. And you can still have your hours verified by emailing the person and have them verify it online. So it's not a big deal. Just FYI, you want to make sure you have a way to contact the physical therapist you shadowed or whoever was like in charge of that it doesn't have to be specifically the physical therapist it could just be anyone that can verify the hours so i think that's pretty much going to cover everything we have as far as you know college for pre-health like pre-physical therapy specifically and kind of like the few things that are related to applying because we're in the process of that right now wish us luck we hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Let us know on the post that we post on according to on Instagram. If you're pre-health, like what things are like for you, kind of where you're at. If you have any other questions, we'll try and answer them. Or if you just like want to relate back to us more in the beginning talking about the like school system in the United States, you could also comment on that. We would love to hear it. Also, let us know if you liked this episode. I think I already said that. <laughs> but just like this was very more informative and like specific, but if you liked it, I feel then like we do know. have a lot of pre-health viewers that are our age, so or like people in high school that are thinking about going into physical therapy. So hopefully this helped you out, and like if you didn't know what path to take, um, yeah. Hopefully you guys enjoyed. We will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.